Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. All right, well, thank you for joining us for Therapeutic Thursday's podcast. This podcast provides an opportunity to listen in as members sit down to discuss what's new and ongoing in the world of therapeutics. My name is Nick Lajak, an ambulatory clinical pharmacist at Banner Health, and I'll be your host today for the ASHP Therapeutic Thursday's podcast. With me today are Christy Kelly, who's a clinical pharmacist at Baptist Health Foundation Center for Medical and Surgical Care and clinical professor at Auburn University Harrison College of Pharmacy, as well as Danielle Hess, who's a PGY2 ambulatory care pharmacy resident at Mayo Clinic in Rochester. So thanks for joining us today, Christy and Danielle. So to start us off, we'll be talking about pharmacotherapy options for patients with obesity. Danielle, would you just go through a patient case to help guide our discussion today? Yeah, so with the patient case, the first patient on the clinic calendar today is a 34-year-old female looking for weight loss options. Her past medical history includes type 2 diabetes with a current A1C of 8.4%, hyperlipidemia, and uncontrolled hypertension. Her current medications include metformin, insulin glargine, atorvastatin, and lisinopril. She also has an IUD placed. Her current weight is 185 pounds with a BMI of 31.8. Her other labs are within normal limits. Overall, she has a very busy lifestyle and may forget to take her daily medications at least once a week. What is our best pharmacotherapy weight loss option for this patient? Let's keep this in mind as we hear from Christy. So thanks for introducing our patient. To start with some basics, who is considered a good candidate for weight loss pharmacotherapy? and what are gonna be some good resources for obesity management. So we have multiple different guidelines that can provide guidance to us for patients that would be considered candidates for pharmacotherapy for weight loss. We can go all the way back to 2013 when we have the recommendations from AHA, ACC, TOS, but there've also been some practical guidelines that have been published since then from the Endocrine Society and the AACE ACE guidelines that provide specific recommendations for pharmacotherapy agents that were available at the time of those being published in 2015, 2016. Our more recently published guidelines that we might want to consult are from the Obesity Medicine Association. This association actually recognizes obesity as a disease and the importance of medical management of obesity as a disease. All of the guidelines do support the use of pharmacotherapy in patients with a BMI of greater than or equal to 30 or greater than or equal to 27 if they have comorbidities present, such as hypertension, diabetes, dyslipidemia, sleep apnea, or non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, um, which are typical of patients that we see in our clinical practice on a daily basis. It's also important to note that when the guidelines speak about pharmacotherapy, that they talk about the use of pharmacotherapy in conjunction with comprehensive lifestyle interventions. Perfect. So with that in mind, would you tell us what FDA-approved pharmacotherapy options are available for weight loss now? Sure. So our first agents that we probably have been familiar with or aware have been out for many years are the sympathomimetic agents. So things like fenteramine, benzphetamine, diethylpropion, and fensdimetrazine. Um, these are approved for short-term weight loss, and the indication for these is 12 weeks. We also have five other agents that the FDA has approved for long-term weight loss. And um, when we see think about using things for long-term weight loss, the studies have been done that illustrate that they have been shown to be safe and efficacious for at least up to a year. But many of these agents have studies 
that have studied the agents for longer than just that one year time frame. So within um, the category for long-term weight loss, we have Ally, which is an OTC version of Orlistat and is available in the prescription strength of Orlistat as Zenical. We have Contrave, which is Naltrexone and Bupropion. Qsimia, which is the combination of Fenteramine and Topiramate. Saxenda, which is liraglutide, and Wagovi, which is semaglutide. And that was actually the latest agent that was approved in mid-2021. Cool. So how about getting into more specifics for these agents? Would you tell us more about those sympathomimetics? Sure. So the sympathomimetics are available as oral formulations and are reasonable choices for short-term use for weight loss in patients without cardiac comorbidities. Certainly, we might see these agents being used for longer than 12 weeks at a time. However, we should always keep in mind it should be under the close supervision of a healthcare provider. Additionally, we might see the sympathomimetics become a preferred choice for patients in which cost is an issue because these can be some of our least expensive options. All right. And those cost options in mind is good to know. Now, you did mention there's a medication that's available over the counter. Would you speak more about this one next? Be happy to. So um, Orlistat is a lipase inhibitor that's available as a capsule OTC under the name of Ally at a 60 milligram strength. And it's also available in a prescription strength as Zenical, and that strength is 120 milligrams. It is intended for these products to be given TID with main meals. Um, when we think about Orlistat, um, we know that as a lipase inhibitor, it's blocking fat absorption. So patients do need to remember to supplement their fat-soluble vitamins, A, D, E, and K, when they're taking the Orlistat formulations. In addition, the primary adverse effect patients will often notice in relation to blocking fat absorption is the manifestation of GI adverse effects. Of the agents approved for long-term weight loss, Orlistat has the most evidence for use in special populations, specifically thinking about like adolescents or older adults. And in addition to that, Orlistat does not have to be dose adjusted in patients that have any kind of renal or hepatic impairment. So that can be an advantage to its use. The efficacy of Orlistat is approximately seven pounds of weight loss in one year when we use it in conjunction with lifestyle interventions. All right. So counseling patients on those stomach-related side effects is important for Orlistat, though this might help to reinforce some of those diet modifications to avoid foods that make the side effects worse. So what's our next agent up for review? So Contrave is a combination of an opioid antagonist as naltrexone and a dopamine norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor bupropion. So because of this combination product, it has the advantage of helping patients with cravings or even addictions to food. It is available as a tablet and it is dosed twice a day once the patient is titrated up to that maintenance dose, it usually results in about 11 pounds of weight loss within that first year that it's being used when we're using it in conjunction with lifestyle changes. Given the combination of medications that comprise Contrave, adverse effects can include CNS effects, GI effects, and even increased blood pressure and heart rate. Additionally, because of the medications, there's a greater potential of drug interactions with Contrave than what we see with the other pharmacotherapy options that we can use for weight loss. We specifically need to be aware of or considering factors and medications such as opioids, alcohol, anti-epileptics, and even MAOI inhibitors. We do have to remember to consider dosage adjustment of Contrave for patients that have either renal or hepatic impairment. All right. Well, sounds like Contrave can offer some modest weight loss but it does come with more precautions or contraindications for use. So would you give us more information about Qsimia next? 
Sure. So Qsemia is a combination of the sympathomimetic phentermine and an anti-epileptic topiramate. This combination has really resulted in significant weight loss. We see 14 and a half to 19 pounds over a course of a year when used in conjunction with lifestyle interventions. It is available as a tablet and it's dosed daily, but we do have to remember to dosage adjust this in patients with renal or hepatic impairment. We see adverse effects with Qsemia that can involve both the CNS impact as well as increased heart rate. Like Contrave, there are numerous drug interactions that we have to consider if Qsemia is going to be utilized. And another consideration for Qsemia is that it's the only weight loss agent that has our REMS for females of childbearing potential. Well, obviously, optimal weight control is going to be important during pregnancy, but none of the weight loss medications are recommended during pregnancy. However, Qsemia does have that REMS program related to this. So about what's going to be our final options for weight loss pharmacotherapy? So our final options we want to consider today are the GLP-1 receptor agonist. And we actually have two that are approved um, by the FDA for weight loss. So the daily Saxenda, which is liraglutide, and weekly Wigovi, which is semaglutide. Both of these agents are at higher doses with their approved drug rated products for weight loss than what we see and approved and utilized for patients with type 2 diabetes. The titration of each of these agents is extensive and may take a minimum of 16 weeks to achieve the higher doses that have been shown to be effective in the approval studies. Some of the main adverse effects that we can expect are what we see when we use the GLP-1 receptor agonist for other indications. So the GI upset is really at the forefront of that. And this is why we have to make sure that we titrate the doses slowly to get to the maximum effective dose for weight loss. When we use Saxenda, in addition to lifestyle interventions for a year, it's expected to decrease weight by about 13 pounds. To date, Wagovi has been heralded as having the greatest impact on weight, which up until now really has been quantified as a percent change in body weight. And that percent change in body weight that we see is 9.9 to 17.7%. Both GLP-1 receptor agonists have minimal drug interactions and don't have specific recommendations for dosage adjustment in patients with hepatic or renal impairment, which can be an advantage. All right. Well, it's great to hear all the weight loss options that are available. Sounds like it's important to balance potential benefits, including other metabolic parameters with the risk of adverse effects and drug interactions. So patient preference and adherence are factors to consider since there's once, twice, or three times daily oral options, as well as daily or weekly injectable options. You did mention some of these have complicated dose titration schedules, so the patient's understanding will play an important part in medication selection too. So with all those in mind, how long can patients take these medications and how do we know if they're really responding to therapy? I think that's a great question and something we as clinicians definitely have to consider. So all of the agents actually indicate in their labeled information that patients should see a 5% or greater weight loss after they've been on the maintenance dose for 12 weeks. The liraglutide Saxenda product actually has that they should see greater than or equal to 4%. So you do see that slight variation. So there's not, unfortunately, there's not really a definite answer about like how long we should keep patients on these agents. But I think it's important for us to remember that the intent of these agents is to help patients lose weight and hopefully adapt those long-term healthy lifestyle choices so that we're not having to continue these agents forever. But when we think about the instance of like a GLP-1 receptor agonist, for example, patients may receive additional benefits such as attainment of target blood glucose and A1C values. So potentially these could become longer term therapies for our patients. 
Well, that was a great review of the available options. So thank you, Christy. Let's bring our discussion back to our patient case. Just to review, this was a 30-year-old female looking for weight loss options with a past medical history significant for type 2 diabetes, hyperlipidemia, and uncontrolled hypertension. She's currently taking metformin, insulin-glargine, atorvastatin, and lisinopril. So Danielle, would you walk us through your approach to this case? Absolutely. So first of all, with a current BMI of 31.8, this patient would meet the guideline recommendation for pharmacotherapy in patients with a BMI greater than or equal to 30 or a BMI greater than or equal to 27 if comorbidities are also present. Although she qualifies for pharmacotherapy, let's rule out a few of the agents Christy discussed. So this patient has uncontrolled hypertension, and it is recommended to avoid Qsimia in patients with known cardiovascular disease, such as hypertension or coronary artery disease. However, if Qsimia would have been an option, I would discuss the REMS program with her for women of childbearing age. Overall, a GLP-1 receptor agonist, Contrave, or Orlistat are all potential options for this patient. However, looking at this patient's other comorbidities, she also has type 2 diabetes. Therefore, she may benefit from a GLP-1 receptor agonist, not only for weight loss, but also for diabetes management. Another reason I would lean toward the GLP-1 receptor agonist option is because she noted that she has a busy lifestyle, and these agents offer the convenience of a once-weekly injection, such as Wegovy. If a GLP-1 receptor agonist is chosen for this patient, her insulin glargine dosage may need to be reduced depending on the patient's blood glucose values to avoid any hypoglycemia with initiation of this new agent. Of note, if this patient has insurance issues with Saxenda or Wegovy, Trulicity or another GLP-1 receptor agonist that is typically used for diabetes management may also be an option for both her diabetes and weight loss management. For instance, in the AWARD-11 trial, it was demonstrated that Trulicity doses up to 3 or 4.5 milligrams provided clinically relevant dose-related improvements in A1C and body weight with a similar safety profile as lower doses. So this may be helpful to keep in mind for patients who may not have coverage for the GLP-1 receptor agonists typically used for weight loss alone, such as Saxenda or Wegovy, if the patient also has diabetes. Perfect. Thanks for detailing your decision-making process there. Sounds like the patient's comorbidities had some influence on your choice. Uh, the last thing to think about is going to be cost and coverage, which you did hint at. But uh, Christy, what kind of cost and coverage considerations are there with this option or the other potential options? I think that's something we're always faced with having to try to address, you know, because we can prescribe a medication to a patient, but if they can't access the medication, then we haven't really accomplished what we were trying to accomplish. So um, as we think about this, the sympathomimetic options are usually the least expensive, much more than many of the newer agents that have been approved for the chronic management of weight loss. Often patients are able to pay the less than $20 per month for the sympathomimetic agents, which may be much more doable than some of the other agents given their cost. Ally, which is the only over-the-counter FDA-approved option is usually less than $70 per month. The prescription version of Ally, so Zenical, is much more expensive. Even utilizing a coupon through something like GoodRx, we still see that it's $600 to $700 per month. 
Unfortunately, the list price for many of the newer pharmacotherapy options may be well over $1,000 per month, which let's face it, for most of our patients is not practical. However, some commercially available insurances may cover pharmacotherapy for weight loss, but we do find that they may often require prior authorization or even documentation of step therapy before they'll be covered by the insurance. When we think about something like Qsenia, there is a savings card that will pay up to $65 toward the patient's copay, which usually results in an average out-of-pocket cost of about $84 per prescription. Another thing that's kind of unique about Qsenia is that they also have a home delivery program for $98 per month, regardless of insurance coverage. And I know that's something we've been successful in using in the clinic where I work. Contrave has a similar program where they have a copay savings card, which reduces the cost for those with insurance coverage, but they also have that home delivery option, similar to what we mentioned with um, Qsenia. With Contrave, it's $99 per month, regardless of their insurance coverage. Both Saxenda and Wegovi have resources to assist patients with the cost of their medication, which include things like the copay cards that we see with some of our other agents. And this usually is a discount of about $200 against the cost of the patient's copay. But we do have to consider that it can still be really expensive. But when we think about what Danielle outlined with our case, we can consider using agents like the GLP-1 receptor agonist to help with weight loss and helping with another indication as well, like our type 2 diabetes, so that the medication may actually be more affordable and actually even be covered by the patient's insurance, which could be a win-win for the patient on lots of levels. Awesome. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. So thank you, Christy, for reviewing our available weight loss agents. And thank you, Danielle, for walking us through that patient case. If you haven't before, I encourage you all to check out ASHB's ambulatory care resources. You can find member-exclusive offerings such as the Ambulatory Care Career Tool, certification resources, rotation guides, guidelines, policies, and info on billing and reimbursement. Also, be sure to become a member of the section of Ambulatory Care Practitioners Connect community where you can exchange ideas and ask questions from your peers. So thanks again for tuning in for this session and join us here every Thursday where we will be talking with ASHP member content matter experts and on a variety of clinical topics. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.